Brady requires bandaging daily to keep him alive, um, to protect him from infection and to protect him from hurting himself. That was Eileen Attar, mother of two-year-old Brady with the rare skin disorder Epidermolysis bullosa, or EB, and our guest on today's AFPA Patient Access Podcast. I'm Mike Walsh. Eileen, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Let's dive right in here. Your son Brady has a condition that's both severe and rare. Could you describe for us the process of getting him diagnosed? Sure. So my son Brady is two years old and he has a condition called epidermolysis bullosa. And basically what it means is that Brady doesn't have a significant amount of a protein that is called collagen 7. And collagen 7 is um, really what allows our skin layers to stay together like Velcro. So, you know, instead of the Velcro holding it together, Brady's layers of skin sort of lie on top of each other and they're prone to shear and wound um, at really the slightest touch. Um, and it's an outward condition, there's outward wounding and um, and there's also internal wounding. He was born with skin missing from his feet, which was completely shocking to all of us. Um, and so he was quickly and carefully taken to the NICU where we were. And um, they noticed that with even the slightest touch, there was an area under his neck that easily skin came off. He went to the NICU and they ran tests and trying to rule out any type of infection or virus and pretty quickly did so and and came to the sort of preliminary diagnosis of this very rare genetic condition called epidermolysis bullosa. And um, you had probably never heard of it before, right? I had never heard of it. Some people think that because a condition is dermatological on the skin that perhaps it's not serious. What's it like to have to constantly prove the severity of this condition? Well, you know, with EB, it's almost a double whammy in the sense that, as you said, it's a dermatological condition, which people often brush off as a cosmetic, you know, um, issue or something that you can put cream on and it'll improve, um, which is not the case, as we know, with EB, um, as it is something that gets worse with time and there is no cure or even a treatment as of now. But it's also rare. And so we've experienced you know, firsthand that rarity um, is something that also translates into feeling, you know, even more isolated than you already feel uh, because people are unsure how to act or what decisions to make. So not only have you had to prove the severity of his condition just in general, but you've also had to prove yourself in Brady's medical needs to your health insurer, right? Tell us about the fight for coverage battles that seems to be ongoing. That's right. It it is ongoing. Um, so, you know, it's probably been the most disappointing part of dealing with Brady's EB, to be honest. Um, you know, we know that we pay money to health insurance companies. And on that basic level, part of our contract, you know, on their part is to provide care. Um, and, you know, there is no cure, as I said earlier, and no real form of treatment for Brady's condition. So uh, one thing that is, seems to shock health uh, insurers is that Brady requires bandaging daily to keep him alive. 
um, to protect him from infection and to protect him from hurting himself with, you know, just something as simple as, you know, falling on the ground or, you know, putting a shirt on that has a tag that might rub him um, and hurt him. And so these bandages, I mean, you can imagine that he can't just put a Band-Aid on that might rip the skin off. So these bandages are extremely specialized and um, they can cost anywhere from $8,000 to $10,000 a month. So um, A month? A month. Wow. So it's totally shocking. It's unbelievable. And it's, you know, not ideal, but it's what we have and it's all we have. And so um, in the very beginning, we, we had plenty of denials, um, you know, stating that, you know, there had to be other options or, um, and, and, you know, it's, it's insulting. Eileen, what would you say to the parents of other children uh, with EB and other challenging dermatological conditions? I know you're active in the advocacy community and you support other parents. Um, what would you say to them from this platform? Uh, I would say, first of all, you are not alone. Um, that we are all in this community in the rare disease community has a very strong voice. Don't lose hope because it, your children will surprise you and you always will have a community. So well said, great perspective. Thank you. Given all you have on your plate, where do you draw the energy uh, to advocate the way you do, both for Brady and for other kids with EB? When you become a parent of a child who, you know, suffers physically, um, which is different from, you know, you know, a child, my, my older son has a kidney issue, but you'd never know it by looking at him and he doesn't suffer, you know, pain daily. And when you see the human spirit and what it's capable of and you see your child and you, you know that there is a purpose for it. We sort of go along with the motto, like to whom much is given, much is expected. And there are so many other people worse off than we are. And I think that it's something we owe to be voices for the voiceless. I can imagine there's an element of isolation, particularly now in a new community, uh, to dealing with a rare disease. Uh, how, how have you found community support for yourself and for Brady? This life isn't perfect, and um, it's just neat to watch us be there for each other. It's been a really amazing thing to feel. And so, you know, the, the side of isolation, though, I mean, that that's a hard thing that, that, that we will always struggle with at some point or another. Talk a little bit about your advocacy, patient advocacy organization work. Sure. Um, so I was deeply honored to be asked to serve on the board for uh, the largest non-for-profit um, and research-oriented um, organization called EB Research Partnership. And um, it is a remarkable organization that is funding some incredible um, research right now and clinical trials are coming underway and really moving in a direction with a lot of um, momentum behind it, kind of more than uh, they've ever seen. And I you know, found myself reading, you know, research articles in the middle of the night and, you know, brainstorming ways that we can, you know, yeah, just help these kids and help these families. And 
Um, we hold, we, we decided in Brady's first year of life with some dear friends from where we are from that we wanted to have a fundraiser, which we have, um, now annually in April in Houston, and it's called Believe in Brady. And all of the proceeds go to the EV Research Partnership. Um, and we are so excited for everything that, you know, this year has for them. Um, and so I, you know, love, love my my association with them and um, think they're just doing an amazing job. Um, and you get to go to board meetings with Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam, right? <laughs> well, not in person yet, darn it. But man, um, over the phone. And yeah, it's, it's just pretty darn cool to kind of see all these different walks of life. And, and also just the, you know, if you think of a fan base of Pearl Jam and who love Eddie Vedder and, and then they see this incredible work that he and his wife, Jill, who's also just awesome. Um, and you know, they're involved and it just becomes super, you know, it's not all depressing and it's just really exciting. And, um, especially when you see how that, how that replicate or how that, um, advocacy results or translates into research and development, right? Like you can take credit for all these different, um, all these different programs that are hoping to cure EB is due to the work that you guys collectively and individually uh, have oh, done. Oh, absolutely. And I, and as I said, I mean, Brady's been alive for a little over two years. And, you know, I learned about EB Research Partnership pretty early on um, when he was a baby. Of course, I was in no way to participate as a board member, but I was pretty taken by them. And and in the time, just in two years, the amount of growth um, they have you know, experienced is so hopeful. And I know I'm a parent, but, um, also as much of a non-parent and just a, you know, medical professional, I'm a nurse (laughs) and kind of seeing where things are going and, and being able to visit some of the, um, places where they do this research in Colorado. And it's, it is, it will blow you away. I mean, we, we have so much hope, but we have a long way to go too. Um, so that's kind of another reason this advocacy is so important. Okay, Eileen, thank you for sharing. We're going to end <laughs> on a lighter note. We always ask our guests to do a quick lightning round at the end of our podcasts. How about one sentence to answer each of the following? Number one, Snapchat or Instagram? Instagram. One thing you'd like to change about health coverage policies? Universal health care, mm, especially for children. How would your two children describe you? Silly. I was told I was silly yesterday. I like it. I like it. Tell me, what's the best thing about Colorado since you've been there? Oh, the one thing, the, uh, the expanse and the ease of retreating to the mountains and having that escape practically in your backyard. Just awesome. Well, I hope you guys never uh, stop exploring oh. out there. It's a great oh. country. And finally, what are you most proud of, Eileen? My family. 
so well said. Well, we're proud of you <laughs> and you're an inspiration. You and Brady and your family are an inspiration to all of us at the Dermacare Access Network, Alliance for Patient Access, and certainly within the uh, EB community. So thanks for your commitment. And uh, it's really been a pleasure, Eileen. Thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, Mike, thanks so much. Thank you.